0: And now, the Street Photography Magazine podcast with your host, Bob Patterson.
1: Welcome back to the Street Photography Magazine podcast. I'm Bob Patterson, publisher of Street Photography Magazine. And good to be with you. And also with us today is a guest. We've actually had him on before, but he was part of a big group. But We got him on there all to ourselves this time. It's Ted Nelson. Ted Nelson is from... A town near me, Fredericksburg, Virginia, which is a really cool place. Very historical if you're into studying the U.S. Civil War and other things. So uh, Ted, is, uh, he travels a lot in his job, so it gives him an opportunity to do a lot of photography. He's uh, an avid street photographer. He's the founder of the Fredericksburg Street Photography Collective, which we'll talk about. Very interesting group great people. So Ted, welcome. Thanks for being with us.
0: Yeah, Bob, thanks for having me on. It's always an honor and a, and a pleasure to uh, speak with you about the photography and street photography in our group.
1: Yeah, we're just going to geek out on anything photography, street photography in particular. So before we get into things, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, about, you know, how you started photography and, you know, what caused you to get into street photography just share your journey with us
0: sure so uh i guess like like many i was young in my 30s and i became a father and it was time to start documenting you know family times and the children growing up and uh shortly thereafter we had our second kid and uh my youngest actually was uh born with a a condition called situs inversus which is uh the organs are backwards and as a result a lot of the kids need liver transplants So at that time she was living in, you know, Georgetown hospital and the statistically it wasn't looking good that she was going to make it. So I started getting into photography. I wanted to document the entire process because I didn't know how much time I had with her. So I started using small digital cameras, what I could afford at the time. I didn't have a lot of money. So I started using whatever cameras I could borrow, uh, cell phone pictures, and I started collecting everything. And a few years later, uh, you know, she, she made it through that. Uh, through her organ transplant. And as it came along, I started doing a little more photography at work. I started documenting people around me and life events. And uh, then I kind of fell out for a while. And at work, you know, uh, a guy once told me like, listen, in this line of work, you're going to travel a lot. You can go overseas a lot. And if there's one thing I can tell you, it's always have a camera with you. Document what you see and document what you do Hmm. because, because you get so many opportunities to go to so many places. If you don't have a picture, no one's going to believe you. Um, So I said, all right, fair enough. So I bought another camera and then one thing led to another. And I ended up picking the camera up one day, several years ago and said, listen, I really miss photography. I like the tactile experience of using a, a camera. I like documenting things. And in going through and really studying photography on YouTube and studying photography on the internet, I started to realize what my style was. And I I started to really align my type of photography with street photography. And uh, in looking through all the pictures when I travel, I realized that's really what I was doing is capturing people and things from the perspective of the street. And I grew into it. And that's what really led me into street photography and brought me away from the bigger camera systems into the whole uh, Fuji ecosystem.
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny. So many people say, "Gee, I've been doing this for a long time, and I didn't even realize it had a name." It's street uh, that's street
0: photography. Yeah, that's where I found myself. I did. I started looking through, and i I recommend to a lot of my friends and family and go through your go through your pictures. What, what kind of photography do you shoot? Because unconsciously, you are definitely developing a style of what you like, and it, you sometimes you have to discover through your own work what, what what's for you.
1: Yeah, that's what, uh, I don't know if you know him, uh, Harvey Stein says a lot. Um, He said, you know, look at your work and it'll show you the way. And he's so right.
0: Absolutely. I would agree with that.
1: Yeah, so you do a lot of travel. And what what kind of things do you shoot while you're
0: out there? Well... It depends on how much time I have. If it's a quick business meeting somewhere in a country and I'm only in the city, I will take advantage of the city, right? So you're looking for architecture. You're looking for leading lines. You're looking for that nighttime lighting and the people in it and the shadows. Um, And if I'm in the middle of nowhere and I have a little bit more time, I'll venture out to more of a landscape area. Um, Maybe more of like, you know, let's say if it was in Cairo, it was the pyramids I wanted to see, the deserts. Um, I wanted to see, you know, Egypt, right after they had their civil war out there and things fell apart through the government, like great times to capture those, uh, that history in the making. Um, and then other times it might be like recently I was in Northern Europe and as you know, what's going on in Ukraine and everything else, I have me in one of the, the, uh, countries off to the, to the left. And, uh, it was interesting to see the support, the flags, and it was very interesting to capture that. And I'll share the picture with you for the viewers, but uh, listeners. But it was very interesting to see live, like a lot of what was going on there was happening in the US. They were just, they were closer to it. It was more self relevant, more salient to them because it was right mm. next door. So wow. it's, I, I think it really depends on the environment that I find myself in that I take pictures. And I'm getting into this new thing where I like to really capture travelers. I like to watch people in the hustle and the bustle of travel, <laughs> the airport. Um, mm-hmm. The different people in the airports traveling and how they do it. Of course you shoot more from the hip on that, or otherwise you're going to end up detained and people are going to want to know what you're doing. But, <laughs> um, yeah, it's just different. So.
1: Yeah. You know, one thing I, I that I, I, really liked was, I know you were going to London once and I think you asked me, you know, you want to say anybody I can hook up with in London and I introduced you to Matt Jerums. Who's he's been on here a few times, uh done some articles for us, lives lives near London, is there a lot. So um I think you went there once or you had to cancel your trip or he couldn't meet up with you or something, but then you did get together. And you know, I don't know, do you do that a lot? Did you hook up with other street photographers when you go
0: to different cities? Um, I do. I will. Uh, I'll come to your podcast, like I said. I'll call you, or I'll go online and look for what collectives are in the area, or, or you on Instagram too. If you search a city you are going to, a lot of the people um, on Instagram are fairly friendly. If you find somebody on Instagram you like, you like the way they shoot, you like their style, and you introduce yourself and come into it with, "Hey, this is who I am. I am coming to the area. I'd love to meet up with you." I found most people very friendly and willing to meet up, have a beer, talk photography, and shoot a little bit. And um, it makes for some lasting you know, friendships and uh it definitely kind of grows the the street photography uh the group the collective and, and and the people in it um I've had pretty good luck with that I really have I think most people are fairly friendly and uh people are honored when you reach out to them because of their work on Instagram.
1: Yeah, most definitely any, any interesting stories you can share about doing that?
0: I think my favorite one was with Matt. You know yeah. we, we, we met up in Piccadilly. It was it was nighttime. Um, he's a tall guy and he definitely has a presence to him. And, uh, we started, we started, you know, we met and we talked and, you know, started walking around and, and taking some pictures. And of course, you know, Bob, you were, you were the derivative of that, uh, contact. So, you know, we talked about you oh. and, uh, talked, yeah, talked about our, our history with getting to know you. And the next thing, you know, he's like, you got to And I don't remember the specific burger place, but he's like, Hey, Ted, I got to take you to this burger place. I got the best burgers in town if you've ever had them. And of course it was an American franchise restaurant. So I was teasing Matt and I was like, Oh yes, this is amazing. Was and it it, five guys or something. It, yeah. It was something like that. <laughs> and, it, and he bought and he bought, it was really good. And I thought to myself, you know, how crazy it is, you know, within, you know, eight, 10 hours of travel, you're on the other side of the world shooting with another street photographer with a completely different style and a completely different country. Yeah. And you, you don't know much about each other, but just, photography wise we had a blast we stayed out pretty late at night and we shot for a very long time and uh we followed each other and becomes you know social network and friends and it's been great i look forward to going back out and seeing him soon
1: yeah for sure He used, you know he used to live in the u.s i don't know if he told you he lived in ohio not far from where i'm from but didn't know each other at the time i, I did know of him because he was a sportscaster on a small market radio station and uh you know, because, of course, he had the English accent, which was funny. And then we just happened to run into each other through the magazine. And here we live, I don't know, probably about an hour apart.
0: Well, if you follow him on Instagram, I don't know what he's been doing, but he's been eating his Cheerios and his, uh, and his oats because his photography's taken off. He's really coming into his style, and it's a, a yeah. joy to continue watching what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's quite good, quite good. Absolutely.
1: So... um yeah, so you've got, this is how we met, you uh, you formed the Fredericksburg Street Photography Collective. You got that started, and as a result, I, I'm not sure how long ago you did it, probably what, a couple, three years ago, and it's, you've created quite a community, and uh, tell us about that, how did, why did you bother, how did it happen? Well, I, and where's like, it gone from there?
0: <laughs> yeah. Like a lot of the people that have joined the collective, I guess they found themselves in the same, uh, situation I did. I, I was shooting street photography and here I was this creepy guy on the street with a camera walking around taking pictures. And, uh, I thought to myself, there's gotta be other guys like myself that enjoy photography and street photography and are trying to figure this whole, uh, you know, genre of photography out. And, um, I started an Instagram account. And then I kind of put it out there, like who else is interested in shooting some street photography in Fredericksburg? And before I knew it, a couple of people joined, you know, um, Sean, who you met, um, Farney and Aaron uh, Cabido and a couple others started showing up to the meetings. And before we knew it, it really uh, took off. And um, we had a website and we found a local coffee shop and we started meeting there twice a month. And uh, what has really made our group unique is that we are a social club. We meet every, you know, two weeks and uh, mm. we, we come together and we, you know, we share drinks and food and, and we then hit the street and we shoot a little bit and we mix in some classes, some instruction, we talk. Um, but it really is a lot of people have come to the meetings and said, hey, have you guys ever considered landscape photography? Have you guys ever considered more portrait photography? And we really stuck to our roots. and said, listen, we're open to discuss it, but we really stick to our genre of street photography. Yeah. We've stayed we've stayed through the course of the last couple of years. It's growing extremely quick and we've been fortunate enough that some of our members have moved to whether it be Virginia Beach or Atlanta and they've actually started offshoots of it. And uh it's been great. Keep in touch with everybody and watch it, the family kind of grow.
1: Yeah, I think you've got you talked about finding a coffee shop, but I mean it's definitely more than that. Um I mean you, you, I mean, you basically have a home there and it's a really nice place great food as well. And do you think the fact that you have a steady meeting place that really supports you, does that, does that help? It does. I think it gives us, I'm sorry. I'm just, just stepping over you. Keep going.
0: (laughs) No, I think it helps. I think having a home base where people can come Um, so Megan and Corey, they're the, uh, the owners of the Curitiba Art Cafe downtown Fredericksburg, and and they've been gracious in giving us a room where we can host and talk about our artistic approach to street photography, have our meetings and our training. They host the yearly street photography shoot off. Um, they actually have an area locally in the shop, like a small little location where it is specifically Fredericksburg street photography. And we highlight our, our members work. Um, and it's also nice because both Corey and Megan are artists themselves and they shoot street photography and they shoot photography and they travel. So when you go in there, I mean, literally if somebody comes in there and goes, Hey, who, who are these guys with the street photography collective? We see their work and they're both members of the collective and that's their home that they've invited us into. So they'll talk to people. So we often see our members in there just having coffee and talking photography with the owners. And it's just a nice welcoming place where if you're a photographer and you're in downtown Fredericksburg. You can go in there, and you're. it's like a Harley-Davidson. It's someone that rides Harley-Davidson going to a Harley shop. You're going to find someone to talk to you yeah. about Harleys.
1: Yeah, that's that's a good analogy, except it's a lot yeah. more obvious than a Harley-Davidson shop. But.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But, you, you know, like, hey, you like a shooters. It costs just as much as a Harley-Davidson. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know about that, but Yeah. It, well, you it can. Yes, it can. Absolutely. Not me. Not me. Just for those who don't know, just uh, just to share the geography with you, Fredericksburg is a re- relatively small town. It's, it's I, I consider it what they call an exurb of Washington D.C. It's I don't know what is it like fifty miles south, forty miles south of D.C. Yeah, about forty five. Forty five on Interstate ninety five. It's just a quick two three hour drive up to D.C. Uh, on some days, many days, I'm, I'm making a joke there. The traffic there is unreal, unreal between, but uh, but yeah, so it's just outside DC, college town, beautiful place,
0: beautiful yeah, place. And there's some pretty well known photographers down here. You know, we got Craig Clark, Marcy comes down, we've got Jeremy Stevens, we've Aaron, there's some, uh, I would say there are some real good shooters, some real heavy hitters in the street photography realm that, you know, root in this area.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Aaron, me and an Aaron Cabido, Marcy Lindsay. Yeah. Yeah. You said Jeremy Stevens. Jeremy, he's a big time bluegrass photographer, great street photographer. So yeah, le- we call, call him the big, legend. We call him the a legend. legend down here. The legend. Yeah. He's, uh, uh, Let's see. What's that guy's name? Greg Williams. He's uh, he's a big time celebrity photographer. He's English, but he's in the U.S. Walks around with two Lakers around his neck. But I, <laughs> I call Jeremy the the Greg Williams of Appalachia.
0: Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. He's he's a godfather of our group. He's got so much experience, and uh, anything from printing to film, just. He he's an encyclopedia. He's an institution on his own, and we are we are grateful to have him.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. He, he's very creative technically too. Some of the stuff he's put together, pretty amazing. Absolutely. Pretty, yeah, pretty amazing stuff. Yeah. So you guys came to my town last year, last summer. That's when we first met. Well, I actually uh, I met Sean and his wife. They they came. For their anniversary, they came to our little town of Charlottesville. What they do on their anniversary? They hung around with me for an afternoon. They must have—they must have been scraping the bottom of the barrel, but it was a lot of fun. <laughs> but yeah, you guys came, and you know, I shoot a lot here, and I get tired of looking at the same things. And then you guys come in, and I saw my town with different eyes. So there were about six of you, and you're all you know shooting different things, and. I think it's a great thing to have someone come and visit you from another town and to, to see, you know, how they see your place.
0: I would agree. That's every year we welcome shooters from around the country to come to us and and compete to see who's got the best perspective and the best street photography. And uh, it's a lot of fun. And I would agree with your philosophy.
1: Yeah. And speaking of that, you do, you, you started doing the shootout which, uh, you honored me last year, asking me to be a judge this year too, but I couldn't do it because you changed our travel plans, unfortunately. And, um, uh, so you did it in October, beautiful weekend and, uh, you're doing it again this year. So what's this shootout all about?
0: Well, we were looking for a fun, um, a fun way to celebrate street photography and invite people in, but kind of take the edge off of the competition. Um, basically invite everybody at every skill to come participate and, and in a way discover some talent that, you know, may have never been found before. And, and we did that. Um, so what we did is we put together a, um, a day and we picked the time and we liked the evening. So roll into the evening into the, when the sun starts to go down for the, the nice golden hours and uh, the shadows in the street. And we welcome people to sign up. And participate. It's free, of course. And we host it out of the coffee shop. And the idea is to bring everybody down, give them three hours to shoot, and then submit their two photos, their their best two photos. And this year we're gonna permit editing. Um, And we give everybody a map of the city and say, here's your city, and these are the best areas in the city to shoot. We try to pick a weekend when there's a lot of events going on. And everybody gets a registration number, so one through 30 per se. And there's no name association. So there is no cognitive bias or even um, any preferential treatment based on a name or someone's work. So you shoot, you turn in your best pictures, and only one person holds the keys. Only one person knows what name associates with what number, and what that did for us last year is it enabled the judges, and you being one of them, to pick the best the best photography. Minus who the photographer was. And you saw some people that were really new at street photography actually do very well in the competition. And you saw some people that are extremely yeah. experienced that that didn't place. Um and oh, that's awesome. not here nor there. It's you know, we know street photography is not an objective test, it's very subjective. Now you yeah, can use the sure. objecti- the objectivity can give you a scale for grading, but it really comes down to the eye, and that's why we are highly we're very picky in who we pick for judging. We want, we want good people to judge. And this year we've done the same thing. We brought in some really good judges. We're looking forward. It's uh, this year, it'll be September 17th. And um, yeah, we're excited. We're excited. We got a really big showing. we got people coming down from Atlanta and people coming from Virginia beach and New York city. And uh, yeah, it should be fun.
1: Yeah. You know, I've, I've judged a lot of contests around the world and like like I say, yours was was a lot of fun. And you did a great job. Like you said, it's anonymous. We had no idea who shot what. Uh, even people who I was very familiar with their personal style, I would never have guessed that they're the ones who shot what they did, uh, which made it more comfortable for us to be able to make the selection. Now, m- my tires were slashed after that. I never did tell you that. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> well, some people wanted to see the pictures. There were people that were like, "Hey, I'd like to see it all," and um, sure. I, I, I understand that. I completely understand it, and that's why it was so important to have really good judges. And listen, all the work was great. I could have looked through those pictures, and I found yeah. hundreds of shots. But you needed something that really caught the viewer's eye, and the judges had to all agree that this picture caught our eyes. And it's tough to appease three or four judges at once, at one time, to get picked. It was. I tell you it was
1: it was a good experience because normally when you judge these big contests, you're doing it in a vacuum and you're looking at photos on the computer and and you know you're giving them grades or whatever and but we had an opportunity to talk and I think that helped a lot
0: it did it did and I got to watch a process from from kind of helping organize everything and and I thought what else was very important. Is they were all street photographers. Yeah. People that were judging were street photographers. We didn't have, you know, astronomy and landscape photographers trying to judge street photography because it's a specific genre of photography and you have to be familiar with it and you got to know what to look for. And, and listen, our, our group wants to stick to its roots. And I think that that really uh, resonated within everybody. And yeah, we were grateful you made it down. I, having you there as a judge, I thought brought a lot of, you know, just legitimacy to the process. And
1: yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. During the street time, I went out and found as many people, contestants as I could, and I photographed them, and, which was which was a lot of fun. And then later, we went out and did some night photography with you. And I'm going to say, you're one fearless guy. So I'm going I'm to share a story. But uh, we were walking down the street, and uh, you show me the side of the, this bank building. And there's, you know, it's down this alley and there's a light atop, you know, above the the window where people go up to do make their deposits or whatever. And you said, you should see this. Uh, you know, if somebody's under here smoking, you know, and the smoke's rising up, you can get some really cool shots. They go, oh, yeah, it's, yeah, too bad there's nobody here. We started walking away. And then coming down the streets, this group of people who I probably would have crossed the street to avoid, and they were smoking weed. So we're talking about Ted, but he stops this guy and says, come over here. And he brings him down this, this alley by this light, tells him what to do. I'll be damned if he did it. So he lights up and we, we took photographs of him blowing smoke. It takes a lot of guts to do something like that. But that story about those people on the street uh, leads me to something else. And it's um, really about people's comfort level. And, uh, you've been everywhere. I mean, you've probably been in some places that are a lot more dangerous than downtown Fredericksburg or even a lot more dangerous than Washington, DC. And How do you deal with that?
0: Well, I I think first I got to figure out what is the environment and what can I get away with? Right. Is it a small camera? Is it a big camera? Am I better with a GR3 or am I better with a, you know, a big Canon with a full lens? It, It just depends on the environment. And, uh, you also have to understand where you're shooting. Do the laws permit you to shoot street photography? Um, are you are you being perceived as taking something from that person by taking a picture? Or mm-hmm. are you taking advantage of the situation because people are poor? Or the community is suffering? And what are you going to do with those pictures? And that comes down to the ethics of street photography. But in an uncomfortable position, I, I always try to make contact with people straightforward in the eye and look at them if I'm going to photograph them. Greet them with a smile. Make sure you have good presence um, and make sure they understand that you are a photographer. You, you're not just some guy with a camera that's trying to sneak a peek and take a picture and run off. Um, you know, it's one advantage of shooting with the, the Fuji X pro series is I think people quickly identify that as a camera, no matter where you are in the world, it's not too big. It's not too overpowering. Um, it's very similar like the, you know, the originals, the Leicas and the viewfinders and, uh, uh, people tend to be warm. You need to be careful. I know I've been in, you know, Hyderabad. I've been in New Delhi. I've been in a lot of the different Mumbai areas where you got to be careful in the street because depending on the equipment and how you're carrying it and the size of your bag, you're making yourself a target. And if you are by yourself without people with you, you can definitely, you know, you can be victimized. Um, but I think getting in the crowd, as long as you have people with you, a friend or two with you, and, and they know what you're doing with street photography, you can get some amazing shots. Um, uh, I remember being in, in in new delhi and out at night where they have uh, some of their temples and coming down the stairs i was being watched by five or six guys behind me and they were inquisitive i don't know what their intent was but there was a woman in front of me that was very concerned with me being behind her and uh, she turned to look at me and as she looked away her child looked at me and I, I took that picture and to this day, that's probably one of my favorite pictures. It just goes. Oh, really? Yeah, it's just a bright red and black. I took it with a Fuji. Uh, I want to say it was an X-T1 with a 23 millimeter lens. And it really, just here you are in this country. And there were several shots from that. And there was just these these children just trying to get by. And you know, it makes you realize that, you know, half of luck in life is where you're born, right? Your opportunities. and Oh, yeah. I, yeah. So it depends, on, and it depends on the situation. I know at night, some places I won't go shooting. Um, then there's other countries where if you're out with a camera, you're perceived as a threat. In South America is where not every country has a democracy. If you're out with a mm-hmm. camera, you know, you're going to get stopped. You're going to be questioned. They're going to want to know what you're doing. Why are you doing it? Um, so I think self-awareness is key. I think being able to make yourself not a threat is key and having strong inner presence and interpersonal communication and just being a warm, friendly human being. And that goes a long way.
1: Yeah, it's pretty universal. Yeah. So, have you had any bad experiences, close calls?
0: Uh, yeah, I we we have. I mean, you, you know, like any street photographer knows, if you're dealing, depending on where you're going to shoot, Skid Row, Los Angeles, you got to be careful and you got to be sensitive to people that might have mental health uh, issues or people that might be involved in any kind of a criminal element because they may not want their picture taken. So, in certain situations, you might want to ask for permission. But I, I've been caught off guard once or twice. And people confront and I usually de-escalate it pretty quick by saying, Hey, listen, I'm really sorry. I, I can erase it. I'm a photographer. The one thing I, I bring with me everywhere I go is I have a, a card. And for our collective, we made cards, you know, for Expert street photography collective, and it's got a website and I'm quick to pull the card out and give it to them. It gives you some, a little bit of derivative legitimacy that who you are, they can research you. You're not up to no good. You're actually a street photographer. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm borderline coming up on six foot, 250 pounds. I try to keep myself in shape. And, um, uh, You know, I, I don't, I do the opposite. I de-escalate and walk away quickly. Um, I try, Hey, listen, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be an inconvenience. And, um, you know, I I try to be respectful because behind me, there's probably going to be a hundred other street photographers, you know, so I represent the street photography community every time I go out there and I need to be sensitive to that, that I could, I could bring harm to other street photographers or I could be the initial, you know, the first incident that that person's encountered a street photographer, if it's negative, then they're going to treat the rest of the people they see negatively. That's a good point. So you got to kind of, I don't, I'm not saying be an ambassador for everybody, but try and set a good tone. Right. Um, and that's what we try to do.
1: Yeah. I heard the term once be, be compliant, not
0: confrontational. Sure. Sure. You know, the old saying, you know, people are going to forget what you say, but they're never going to forget the way you made them feel. And I think yeah. that's really important. And if you can kind of walk out of there making people feel good, even if they weren't happy with you taking your picture, yeah, you're winning.
1: <laughs> I gotta say, I mean, I've I've been on the streets with you a couple different times. I mean, you're no shrinking violet. You you don't hide the fact that you're photographing people on the street. Um, but then again, you're not confrontational, and it works really well.
0: Yeah, You got to find your style, right? Like my style doesn't yeah. work for everybody. And when we do our little workshops after our meetings in Fredericksburg, we take people out and say, listen, understand what people are doing and find what suits you best. Uh, I shoot with guys that are very aggressive. They walk right into people. Hey, how are you doing? You know, you always start with some uh, persuasion, right? Like, hey, I really like your glasses. Those are great. Hey, I'm a photographer. Identify yourself. I really like your style. Give them a compliment, win them over, be persuasive. Do you mind if I get a shot? I run, you know, I, I have this Instagram account. I'd love to get you on there. Most people smile and they're like, hey, great. But if you just walk up and take a picture and walk off, they're going to be alarmed. I, I've had a guy in a tattoo shop grab me before and spin me around. And I was halfway between, is this a fight in progress? Or And the guy's like, hey, why'd you take my picture? And after about five or six seconds of explaining, he de-escalated de- de- said, hey, I'm really sorry. I didn't realize that. Would you like to come in and take some more pictures if I can have copies of them? And who doesn't want to go into yeah, who doesn't want to go into a tattoo shop and take black and whites of that, right? So yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. I think it's interesting. You said you, you know, you're I'm a photographer, not not just some creep with a camera. And maybe we don't do that enough. Just hey, I'm a photographer. You know, how do you, how do you carry yourself as a photographer instead of a creep with a camera, which you're not, of course, but
0: it's a power statement, right? It's a, it's yeah. a, this is who I am and this is what I'm doing. It's a short phrase that identifies who you are. It's simple. It's universal for people to understand. There's not a whole lot to misconstrue in that statement. Um, and, and it, I, I think it's, I think it's important, you know, I think communication and your ability to to talk to people is key in street photography. Um, and, and Yeah something, something everybody should learn, right?
1: Yeah. I think in a lot of things, not just the photography world. Yeah. Short and to the point. Do you, do you say you're a street photographer? I mean, I say that often and people go, Oh, what is that? You take pictures of streets. Sure. I think,
0: well, maybe that's a
1: little too complicated to to, to get into it.
0: Well, Listen, you know, people sometimes ask, me, well, what is street photography? And I say, hey, listen, it's candid portrait, people on the street. Everybody's going to define it differently. And I'm sure some of the listeners are going to be like, hey, we disagree. And, and that's good because that's what keeps things, uh, you know, moving and developing. Um, I, the other thing I hear a lot of the controversy is, well, it's my reasonable expectation of privacy. Right. And people need to understand that uh, there are laws with that. And I think that uh, and, I, and I find myself talking to people about this all the time. But, you know. When somebody says, you don't have a right to take my picture, I didn't give consent. You got to remember reasonable expectation of privacy roots from a government, not from civilians. Um, and it has to be reasonable. So if it's not posted, you're not on public, private, you're, you're out in the public and you're not peering into a private dwelling, which might violate some local or state laws, depending on what you're doing. <laughs> um, you're usually in a safe spot, but I always laugh because yeah. people are out there with their cell phones, taking video. They're taking pictures of their <laughs> cell phones. They're doing selfies with you right in the background. There's everywhere you look downtown, there's surveillance cameras, there's ongoing recording and all this stuff's being loaded up to drives and Google accounts and, and cloud accounts yeah. that are going to get hacked. Right. And, and you don't yeah. know, but you raise a camera. Oh my gosh, people have, sometimes they'll have a visceral reaction to the camera and once you explain to them like, hey, listen, I'm not a threat. Actually, I'm doing it and telling you I'm doing it. But if you look around, 90% of society is recording you and you're showing up on people's Facebook and Snapchats because you're in the background of their selfie. And then they look at you and they're like, oh, my God, you're right. You know, perception is reality when it's the only perception you have. So mm-hmm. if you have the self-awareness of the perception, the person that you're taking a photograph of might have, you have the opportunity to spin that in a positive way when you, when you deal with that conversation.
1: A good point you're not going to really get into the, the discussion about the lea- legality very much with a stranger on the street but I don't know maybe you do
0: yeah I'm never going to turn away from a good conversation I, li- <laughs> I like people I, I don't mind engaging people shortly I'm, yeah it, you know I'm not a professional photographer per se I get paid to do portraits of money but I, I refer so much business to other people because I like street photography I don't want to get paid a couple hundred bucks to take your pictures that's not my thing but a lot of people, after they meet you, they're like, hey, I'd like to hire you as a photographer. And I'm like, yeah, thank you. But no, thank you. Let me give you a reference. And that's where the collective comes in, because I can refer to people that do make money doing that.
1: So when you're traveling, what do you take with you? Are you like one camera, one lens guy? Or are you taking a bunch of lenses with you? We're, we're leaving out the X100 right now.
0: All right. So... When I travel, I usually bring two cameras. I usually bring my XT3 and my mm-hmm. my my XE4, which I recently sold. Um, yeah, a small light. I'd like to be able to do video clips here and there. Um, mm-hmm. I enjoy the opportunity of being able to switch lenses out if I want. Um, I will tell you that as I mature as a street photographer, I tend to really hone down my lens collection. So, in the last year when I traveled, it was my XE4. I would bring my 23.14 for nighttime. I liked my 18.2 for when I was out and about and, like, you know, on the street, bazaars, stuff like that, museums, landscape. And then I have a 50F2 that I will bring out for other things. Um, I had a 1680. I wasn't really happy with it. I didn't think it was clear enough for me. Maybe it was the first iteration of a lens or whatnot, but I I sold that. And sometimes I regret not having it. I probably will replace that lens with the 18-55. to It's a little smaller. Um, You know, I don't need the in-body stabilization as much as many. I don't do a whole lot of video work. But uh, I'll take an extra card, SD card, and I usually keep two batteries with me. And I, I find that that's more than enough to get me by. And if I can't get it done with that, I just can't get it done. I can't blame my gear at that point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've been using the X100 series since it came out and it got to be, that's the only thing I would take when I traveled. Just that. Like, like you said, if I can't get it done with that, then I guess it's not my shot, but I'm getting ready to go on a trip. By the time this runs, I will be back. And I'm thinking, gee, should I take the X pro two and a couple lenses and so that's why it's good to hear what you do. I was thinking of taking my 16 and maybe only that Well, I don't know. it might be too wide. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just going through that. Probably nobody else, anybody else listening to this probably could give a hoot, but, uh, I've got you on here and you're a professional traveler. So I thought, let me, let me get your opinion.
0: I'm a fan of the X pro 2. I have the X pro 2. I just bought the X 100 V. Um, I have the teleconverter with it that I really enjoy. Um, I'll probably buy the wide, wide angle converter and I'll probably carry that as my, as my carry. My fear isn't so much. I don't have enough gear. My fear is that I'm going to lose a camera. I'm going to break a camera or uh, something's going to get stolen. And I think it's important yeah. to have an extra camera back in the hotel room or something just in case, because you lose the opportunity and cell phones are great. Listen, I'm a Filmic yeah. pro guy. I like the Filmic pro app. I like doing some of this stuff on the camera, but on the camera on your cell phone, but I really, uh, I like that X100V. It's a small camera. It, Takes amazing photographs and yeah, it's fabulous. Technology is not going to make me a better photographer.
1: <laughs> no, no, I'm going to be writing an article on this. I don't want to get too deep into it, but it's about, you know, what are your biggest problems as a photographer? So, the, so I sat down quietly and I made a list of what are my biggest problems as a photographer. Didn't even consider that gear was an issue, didn't even come up. Hmm. I got my second wide teleconverter a couple of weeks ago. I sent it back. Oh, really? But it's nice, because I like I, I love to shoot a twenty-eight, but it makes it real heavy in the front and it and it's pretty big. I thought, why would I do this? I could take my X Pro with a with the 18. Yep. Which if you're if you're not a crop sensor person, that converts to a to a 28.
0: I like the twenty-eight. I I found that the more I shoot, as I mature as a street photographer, I really enjoy the wide angle, and uh, I'm not afraid to get up close to people. I'm not, and
1: it's no, you're not. So you might as well do it. Yeah. So Ted, why don't you tell us uh, tell us where people can uh, can find out about you and find find out about the collective.
0: Yeah, so we're on Instagram at fxbg street photography. Um, we have a website fredericksburgstreetphotography.com. dot uh, com. Those are the best ways to to reach out to the group or find out about us. And uh, you know, if you're in the town, we usually meet at Cretiva Cafe, and uh, you'll find us down through there.
1: Oh, you know what? I did have another question for you. You talked about an app on your iPhone.
0: Yes. What was it? Filmic Pro. Yeah, it's uh, you know, in my in my time going on YouTube, I I started looking around at what are the best apps to do video, and what we were doing initially was playing around in the group, kind of making little funny clips about us out there on the street, and and having a good time for the collective, making some short videos, and that's what I use with my iPhone. I have a 13 Pro, and I use a, a little case with it, and I throw on some aftermarket lenses with an ND filter, and man, I have a blast. And we kind of play around with that when I don't want to be taking pictures. I Kind of document the other guys taking pictures. We use, you, for the phone itself, we just have an extra case, extra list, uh, uh, lenses and ND filters that go on top of it. There's a there's a whole other world of mobile filmmaking that I just uh, can't bother to. Have. Too much money. I'm already in the hole with my camera.
1: Yeah, it can, it can get pretty deep if you let it.
0: No, absolutely. Absolutely. I, the, the gas is strong, right? The gear acquisition syndrome is strong. I've had it. I've suffered from it. Uh, I think the market right now is great. If you have gas, now is a great time because you can buy and sell at a pretty good price. But I do see the market slowly starting to, to you know, thin out, and uh, we'll see when supply and demand picks back up. It's uh, supplies down right now, so I'm watching the X100V sell for $1,800 used. Really? Yeah, it's a $1,400 camera. It's crazy,
1: crazy, crazy, and it can change in a minute too. Oh yeah. All right, Ted. Uh, before we go, you got any anything for me? Any questions?
0: No, Bob. I'm just glad to have you as a neighbor in Charlottesville, and I look forward to having you back out with the collective to uh, partake in some of our events. And we might be planning something in the next year that's much bigger than our street photography shoot off, but uh, to come, to come in the future.